You're listening to the Legends Universe Podcast. This podcast is for creative listeners and readers who love being immersed in new worlds filled with heroes worth cheering for. I'm your host, author Joe Field, and before we continue with the slug, let's listen in on what's happened so far. He reached up and found the remaining empty slot for Quadrant 3 and wrote in all caps, the slug. He had a restless night of sleep thinking about his first fight back from living in the shadows for nine months. Finska's arena in Center City reminded Lababosa of pictures he had seen of ancient Roman gladiator stadiums. He watched a group of men zip by on electric scooters. Mac had some sort of large silver object attached to the front of his scooter. It was a metal folding chair, the type they use as props in Lucha Libre. I call it the goober. Your first pairing is with someone from Chip's Quadrant that goes by the name Q-Ball. Hailing from Quadrant 3, we have the mysterious wrestling luchador known as The Slug! As if on cue, the entire arena broke out in laughter. Before he could turn back, Q-Ball hooked his arms around the slug's armpits and ripped him up and over his body, slamming him hard into the mat. The slug ducked under Q-Ball's attack and a whoosh of air rushed right over his head. Finish him! The slug jumped and smashed down on the crown of Q-Ball's head. Nacho Mama! Glancing between Q-Ball's body on the mat and Chip with his camera, the slug felt a chill run through his body. Why am I more afraid of the reporter? Alright folks, get ready. Episode 5 is about to begin right now. Quadrant 2 in Finska. Chip's rooftop patio provided a commanding view of the Finska skyline. The slug had a large ice pack on his back, held in place by athletic wrap that hugged his core. He was sitting on the edge of a cushioned chair. He tried sitting back, but the sting was still too intense. Max sat next to him, and Chip and his son sat across from them on a sofa littered with pillows. They were situated under a pergola that had a string of outdoor lights that made the cool evening feel warm and cozy. The look on their faces! Max slapped a knee. I know, Chip said. A lot of angry gamblers in the arena today. Man, when you use that goober on cue ball's knee, (whistles) Mac whistled. I swear I heard the cartilage twist from the front row. That chair saved me big time. The slug readjusted himself in his seat trying to get comfortable. Even though I didn't hear the horn or see the red light right away, I almost forgot about it until cue ball was attacking me with his weapon. How's your back feeling? Chip was scrolling through the pictures in his camera, only partially paying attention to the conversation. Need some more Tylenol? I'm good, thanks, the slug said. I appreciate your hospitality too. Lovely view of the city from here. It used to be better, Chip's 10-year-old son Tucker chimed in. Before the earthquake, tsunami, and war, the slug noticed Tucker was wearing a green jersey that had the Hawks team name and logo on it with the number 8. It's a pretty cool jersey you have on there, the slug said to Tucker. What sport is that from? Tucker's eyes widened and he looked over at Mac, who smiled back at him. The slug picked up on it. So, that must be Scooter Ball, and I'm guessing that's Mac's jersey? Tucker nodded. Yes, and Mac Attack even signed it for me. Check out Scooter Ball sometime, Mr. Slug. It's the best sport in the world with the greatest athletes. Whoa there, Tucker, Mac leaned forward. As a scooterball athlete and longtime fan of Lucha Libre, I would argue that the luchadors and luchadores of Mexico's AAA wrestling circuit are the greatest athletes in the world. Tucker furled his brow and looked at the slug again, like he was different now, his status elevated. No kidding. Well, that means something coming from the best scooterball player of all. The patio door from the house suddenly opened and a man walked onto the rooftop. The slug noticed it was the same man who was sitting next to Mac at the arena. Were you just talking about me? The man asked with a smile. 
No, the boys are the best scooter ball player. Mac motioned for the man to come over. Not the second best player. Huey, I want to introduce you to the slug. Mac turned toward the slug. This is Huey Bombay, the current sheriff of Capital East in Arrowhead Nation and the former second best scooter ball player in the NSL. <laughs> Huey laughed as he shook the slug's hand. The slug looked closely at Huey's nose. It was twisted to the side and looked like it had been broken many times. Pleased to meet you. Likewise. Huey plopped down next to the slug. And don't let Mac's head get any bigger by feeding into his bull crap about being the best player. He knows pound for pound I could take him in the arena or out on the streets. As your boss, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. Mac cracked his knuckles. Huey here is one of my knuckle draggers back in Arrowhead. If you ever need some extra muscle, he's one guy that can cover you. He's from Finska and used to be the warden of Quadrant 2. He knows this place inside and out. Good to know, the slug said. But you're living over in Arrowhead now? Huey nodded. I switched sides to help Mac and the crew take down Shikan because he was an evil son of a gun and I didn't agree with him on anything. Moved my wife and son over permanently when I was elected sheriff of Capital East. How are Amanda and Aiden settling into Arrowhead? Mac asked. I asked if they wanted me to fight in this tournament and move back. They both said, heck no. Huey looked down at the string of row houses that lined the street. That's why I was late coming over here. I stopped in front of my old place at the end of the block to reminisce a bit. The slug felt a slight breeze and heard wind chimes ringing at the edge of the pergola. I know what it's like to leave my home country too. Except I can't go back and visit mine. The slug glanced up and noticed Tucker was studying him, looking right at his mask. How come? Huey asked. It's a long story, the slug replied. Maybe I'll share it with you another time. I have a question, though, Mac jumped in. I think I know almost everything about your wrestling career, except I don't know the story behind why you use Nacho Mama as your knockout phrase. What's that from? The slug sat up in his chair. In one of my matches early in my career, I did my signature move, the Moonsault Fall Away Slam. On an opponent. He hit his head so hard on the mat he said, Mama? I yelled back at him, I'm not your mama. He said, Nacho Mama? So I thought, what the heck? And I've used Nacho Mama as my knockout phrase ever since. Hot dang! Mac spoke up with excitement. That's a story right there. Tell me about it. Chip scribbled something on a notepad. Pretty cool, Mr. Slug, Tucker said. But I have a question. Why do you have to wear your mask all the time? Why are you trying to hide who you really are? Luchadors don't wear masks to conceal our identities, but to reveal them. The slug paused for a moment so Tucker could process this. I don't wear my mask to hide who I am, but to show the world I am the slug. I could never fight under another identity. Tucker scratched the side of his face. But what about the name you were born with? Why not use that name? There's an old saying among professional Mexican wrestlers. The slug leaned closer to Tucker. Un luchador no se hace, se nece. Which means a fighter is not made, he is born. I feel like I was born to be the slug. I just didn't know it until later in life. Does that mean you've been a great fighter your whole life? Tucker asked. Like how you beat up cue ball today? <laughs> The slug laughed. Even though luchadors are born, we have to train very hard to become great. And we must all go through an initiation phase called a baptism. A baptism? Huey asked. It's where trainers and experienced luchadors put junior wrestlers through the test to make sure they have what it takes. The slug thought about how Onyx used to be extra tough on him. He remembered when Onyx and the other trainers would tie him to the ring and slap him on the chest until he bled. Then they would slam him again and again into the mat. Like a body slam factory, one after the next. They said it was to toughen him up, and it did. 
Baptism, the right of getting your face pushed into the mat. That's awesome. Tucker looked over at his father. Did you hear that, Dad? I assure you it didn't feel awesome. The slug readjusted the ice pack on his back. Chip looked up from his camera. Yes, I caught most of it. Sorry, I'm just looking through these photos. I need to get an article off to my editor tonight. Say no more, Chipper. Mac bounced to his feet. We'll get out of your hair. Did you get any good shots? I'll go to a few decent ones, but this one's my favorite. Chip turned the display screen on his camera so the group could see. The slug looked closely at the pitcher. Chip had shot the pitcher right behind Cue Ball's body, as if the pitcher was taken by Cue Ball himself. It showed the slug flying with the goober stretched over his head about to smack Cue Ball. Dang, look at that pitcher! Matt tapped on the display screen. Send me a digital of that. I want to hang it on my office back in Zenith City. Sweet pitcher, Dad. Not bad. Huey added. The slug didn't respond right away. He was thinking about the pitcher running in newspapers across the world. What will happen when the cartel catches wind of it? It's a pretty cool picture, I admit. Please use the English spelling of my name and not too many details that could give me away. Of course, don't worry about a thing. Chip swatted the concern away like it was a fly buzzing around his head. Matt clapped his hands together. This has been the best day ever. I thought marrying Gabby was your best day ever. Huey stood up and playfully punched Mac. If you tell her I said that, I'll send an assassin after you. Mac rubbed the sleeve of his leather jacket. Maybe even the sizzler. Whatever, tough guy. Huey turned to the slug. I saw Sledge from the first quadrant one and so did Ruxton from three. Looks like they'll face off first thing tomorrow. That means you're up against Cutter from four. You ready? The slug stood up at the sound of Cutter's name. Hearing his pairing with Cutter gave him a burst of energy. If I'd have known that I would fight Cutter in this tournament, I would have been the first one to sign up. Heck yeah, I'm ready. That's what I like to hear. Mac patted the slug on his shoulder. All right, let's call it. Chip whisked them toward the door. Tucker needs to get to bed and I need to finish this article. Lame. Tucker responded. Do you want to go to the arena tomorrow? Chip's voice was stern. Off to bed right away, dad. The slug looked at the skyline one more time. I never imagined fighting for a country like Finska, but if it means I can take down people like Q-Ball and Cutter, I'm all in. The slug turned toward the door and watched Tucker swing his head away like he'd been watching the slug. Tucker tugged at his dad's sleeve and they stopped at the top of the stairs. Chip leaned down toward his son and Tucker whispered something in his ear. The slug thought he heard him say, Do you think I could get one of those luchador masks? Center City and Finska. The slug was surprised by the audience's reaction when the announcer introduced him. Most of the packed arena cheered for him as they waved bandanas in the air, some of them purple in color. He jumped on the ropes in the ring's corner and pumped his fist to the crowd. They cheered louder in response. He looked down inside Chip's son, Tucker, standing between Mac and Huey in the front row. Tucker was holding a poster with the slug drawn on it. Mac and Huey whistled loudly in support. The slug placed his hand over his heart in acknowledgement. Chip popped up at ringside and snapped the pitcher. The announcer's voice filled the arena. And in the blue corner, from Quadrant 4, we have the master builder himself, Cutter! The slug jumped to the mat and turned to face his opponent. The crowd cheered for Cutter as he held his massive sledgehammer in one hand. He was holding his weapon like it was a common handheld hammer and not a 20-pound double-faced steel mallet. The slug had seen Cutter use the hammer and remembered he could drive an entire spike into a plank with one swing. 
The slug reached for his goober and wondered if the tongue-tied metal was strong enough to block a swing from Cutter's hammer. Cutter tossed his hammer nonchalantly in his bin and ripped off his shirt. The crowd cheered louder. He had so much thick brown hair in his chest, the slug wondered if he descended from a family of grizzly bears. He certainly looked as large as a grown grizzly. The referee came to the center of the ring and held his hand forward like it was an exit bar in a parking garage. Cutter approached the center of the ring, grabbing his crotch and curling his lip. Get ready, you greaseball. You son of a... The slug leaned over and spat on Cutter's boots. <laughs> Cutter glared at him, wagging a finger in the slug's face over the outstretched arm of the referee. This is the last time you'll ever speak Mexican to me. Saliva flew from the corners of Cutter's mouth. I'm not just gonna hurt you. I'm gonna make an example of you. So Sledge and the rest Kapinska knows I'll rule with authority after I win this tournament. The referee, feeling the pressure of Cutter's body, raised his arm suddenly. Fight! Cutter came in high with a right-handed hook. The slug ducked and tried to scoop the back of his legs for a takedown, but Cutter was too strong. Cutter brought his fist down on the slug's back and the slug fell to the mat. Cutter threw an elbow down at the slug, but he rolled out of the way just in time and Cutter's elbow landed on the mat. The slug kicked him in the face and jumped on top of him. Cutter shot his hips up and reversed the hole so the slug was on the bottom. The slug held his forearms in front of his face, trying to protect himself from Cutter's gorilla punches. The slug tried to launch his hips up, but Cutter was just too strong. Cutter was straddling the slug with his body, pushing his weight down in his stomach. Cutter was so sweaty it was hard for the slug to get a tighter hold on him. He tried twisting to the side and one of Cutter's punches connected with his ear. He heard a loud ringing in his ear and twisted so he was on his back again. The horn suddenly went off and the red light started spinning. The slug looked at the light and then back at Cutter on top of him. Cutter looked up at his bin but stayed straddled on top of the slug. He leaned back with his fist in the air poised to send a powerful punch down at the slug. His body raised a sliver off of the slug and it was all the room he needed. The slug planted his feet on the mat and kicked backwards. He slid out just as Cutter was thrown his punch. Cutter tried to lunge at him, but the slug avoided it and sprinted back to his bin. He grabbed his goober by the chair legs and turned back to the center of the mat. Cutter had his hammer out and was rotating in his hands. He shot forward and swung the hammer at the slug's head. The slug ducked and plunged the tip of the chair into Cutter's chin. Cutter flew backward, grabbing his chin. A trickle of blood flowed onto the mat. The crowd was screaming. The noise was deafening in the arena. Cutter wiped the blood off on his hairy chest and glared at the slug. I'm gonna kill you. He ran at the slug, hammer cocked over his head. The slug brought his goober up to block the swing, but just before Cutter swung his hammer, he planted his left leg and kicked with his right and sent a boot into the slug's chest. The slug felt the air shoot out of his lungs. He fell to the mat and tried to block Cutter's next hammer swing. He could only glance the blow with the side of his goober. The head of the hammer struck his ribs and he felt several of them crack. A sharp pain spiked through his body. Cutter came down with another swing and the slug got his goober up to block it. He felt the force of the blow in his hands and he wrapped them tighter around his goober. Cutter swung his hammer all the way up and over his head and used his shoulders and hips to whip it straight down at the slug's head. At the last possible moment, the slug lunged to the side right as the mallet hit the mat. Cutter stumbled onto one knee and caught himself on the handle of his hammer after the miss. The slug swung his goober down on the back of Cutter's head and watched his face whiplash into the butt of his hammer's handle. He screamed down in pain after the tip of his handle went into his eye socket. Before Cutter could move, the slug jumped on his back and wrapped his bicep around Cutter's neck. He clutched his wrist with the opposite hand and squeezed. Cutter tried to stand up with the slug on his back, but he tripped on his hammer and fell to the mat. The slug rode him down to the mat and held the grip like his life depended on it. Tap out! The slug screamed as he ratcheted back on Cutter's neck. Blood was pouring onto the mat below Cutter's face. The slug kept squeezing as he watched Cutter raise his shaky, bloody hand. The referee was right on top of them now. Tap out and I'll stop! The slug screamed. Cutter strained against the slug's grip one last time, then tapped the slug on his arm three times. That's it! 
The referee called out, The slug wins on surrender! Music started playing over the loudspeakers and the slug let go of Cutter when the referee pulled out his arms. He jumped up and looked out at the crowd. This time they were cheering for him. He thought he saw more people waving purple bandanas as they screamed his name. It reminded him of his glory days back at the Cathedral of Lucha Libre in Mexico. He fought off the pain in his ribs and held his fists high up in the air as he embraced the moment under the stadium's bright lights. Out of the shadows and into the arena, the slug is back. Thank you for listening to the Legends Universe Podcast. Stay tuned for the final episode to see what happens when an injured slug faces Sledge in the final round of the tournament. Also, make sure to check out the new slug t-shirt and other merch at legendsuniverse.net. That's legendsuniverse.net. Until next time, this is author Joe Field. Chop suey!